right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. We are at the half centurion episode, episode 50 in the house. Uh, JFK piece. You dig me? Do you JFK. prefer the JFK half dollar or the 50 cent piece? Oh, uh, 50. I'm right there. You know, you. you know, our, our intro, our intro is one Curtis Jackson. So it's mm-hmm. gotta be. Who I, I thought about I thought about going as my 50. I was very close, but I figured, you know, we gotta keep it to to some to some some sports stars. But I was very close. He's I mean sports. He's a golden he glove made, boxer. He's he, a golden glove boxer. Right, he's a golden glove boxer. He was he also performed in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Better than some of the players. Not wrong. I don't hate so, that. You know, 50, 50 could have definitely been your pick. So so where should where should we begin with this 5-0, man? 50 is just such a good number. Yeah, 50 is a wild one. You know, um, I, I know you have a bit of, of, of an agenda that you want to run through, so I, mm-hmm. I don't want to take away from any of that. Um, but looking back, 50, I mean, 50 episodes is crazy. Like, I, I'm thinking about, you know, even some of the stuff that's happened in both of our lives since the first episode. You know, like, it feels like one of those natural reflection points. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a wild ride. And it's also one of those points where you start thinking about your mortality because you're like, where will I be when I'm 50? And you think about the year that the 50 will come in at and how much the world might change. As a person like me who didn't think he was going to live past 16, thinking about 50 is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's a different level of macro that I hadn't quite gone to yet. Um, I mean, but but I was even thinking about it the other day. I was, I was driving back from getting like a cup of coffee, something simple. Um, and I was like running through my brain. I was like, all right, like what, what what athletes are coming up with like numbers that I want to pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who am I going to hit at, you know, 99? Like who am I going to hit at 98? And I, I bet I was doing my head. I was like, I'm not going to have to worry about that for like almost another year. And mm-hmm. I realized how many weeks, 50 weeks is. And obviously we missed a couple here and there. Um, but it, and it's not even counting the episodes that we didn't count. Yeah. The OG episodes, if you know, you know, um, yeah, people forget that our original, original episode back in 2017, no one heard uh-huh. because we didn't know how to record this shit yet. So I also think that we should, and this is a thought, so 52 weeks in a year, I think when we get to 52, we can either go the number 52, or we can go to number one because it counts for one year. So that was an interesting question that I had, and this is uh, an interesting one to discuss here. So because it's not a perfect one year for us. Mm-mm. For nobody, probably. And I got plenty of numbers that come after fifty-two. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think what we do is we run. I don't mean go back to one. I mean you can use fifty-two as a one instead of a fifty-two for that episode. You could say I want to go with one because one year equals fifty-two weeks, and this is the athlete I want to do. Or not saying oh, that we. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, especially because we didn't start doing the numbers till three. Yeah. Um, which, which, <laughs> which honestly though because also no one gives a shit about any notable athlete that's born the number two so like who gives a Watch shit watch him out man Moses Malone oh sorry Fofo Fo Xander Bogarts I agree there's a couple there's a couple good number twos JJ Hardy you know there's a couple great shortstops I can think of um, isn't BJ Upton number two uh Melvin uh sir but yes sorry Melvin <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Upton Jr yes he was also number two like Nathan Diaz um 
but no, I I think it's an interesting one. Like I, so because I was thinking about this. So when we when we upload the podcast, it's like, what season is this? What episode is this? Mm-hmm. What, what what do you think that season cutoff is for us? The way we do it, do you think it's at a hundred? Because I I honestly want to like push to be maybe even more creative when we get past hundred. But I feel like there's got to be a natural transition point. I kind of feel like we'll know when we get there, but I, in my mind. It's before 150, but it, I mean, it's before 150, but it's after 120. I don't know what it is, but something just telling me. I, I can hear that. You know, it, it's like the U.S. government's definition of porn, you know? You can't really <laughs> define it, but you know when you see it. Listen, man, if, if you one of those weirdos who prefer to say a porn instead of a porno, or you're seeing uh, pornographic material, I, I was just, Yeah, I was going to say, I think the longer it gets... The weirder it is anything past I, just the o the o no, is cool i'm a listen i live my life like that ivan you're, you're preaching to the choir if you look me in my face and say hey as an african-american i think you want to say nigger like in my mind you said all of those <laughs> you said all of those syllables you couldn't just say black like you couldn't say <laughs> african-american that's a lot of syllables cuz who, who what other race do we what other people do we say that many syllables african american that's seven syllables face? You don't yeah, say as a Caucasian syllables. to people? Yeah, as a Caucasian. <laughs> as a Caucasian cis male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, if you out here saying African-American to black people's faces, man, you might be racist. There's a certain that's seven syllables. That, that's Most like, people that, that's in America... Like, so, so here's an interesting question that I have for you as a black man, actually. This, mm-hmm. this is an interesting point. Is there... Is there a certain point that allyship, because this is also for you as someone that works in DNI, especially, mm-hmm. is there a certain point where allyship becomes inherently racial or racist? Um, yeah. Where it's like, you're only treating me this way still because I'm black in a different mm-hmm. way. 100%. And I'll give you a perfect example. Throughout my life, since I graduated high school, Whenever, and it's not just white people, it's, a, it's black people, it's white people, it's Asian people. And I'm saying this from personal experience. When I describe my life, when it comes to the things I've accomplished, they pretend like I moved mountains that for them were molehills. Like when I say like, hey, I graduated, I'm the first person in my family to graduate college. They would be like, you went to college? Oh man, that's great. And then I'd be like, yeah, I've never been arrested. You don't have a record? <laughs> oh man, like I'm so proud of you. Have you ever said that to your own child who is not black? Like, have you ever been like, Yo, you ain't get arrested? Congrats. That shit don't happen like that. I also think that it's a fetish, a fetishization, a fetishization of people sometimes. Like sometimes I think people want to want to um, be there for people so much that they end up putting them on a pedestal that's unhealthy as opposed to. It feels like a new polarity of white man's burden uh, to a degree. Like, like it's a different white man's burden where it's like, now our burden to uplift people on this extra yeah. level where I feel like, you know, and again, correct me if, if I'm overstepping my bounds and, mm-hmm. you know, you feel differently as someone that's lived it. But like, I feel with a lot of people I've interacted with, like, you don't want the extra attention. You just want to be like, acknowledged as like you're taking care of shit and stoke and we're moving. Yeah. And, and to me, it's, I don't mind. I'm one of those weirdos where I don't mind the weird in- interactions and extra attention because I know you invite them. Let's be real. Maybe, but I also know that the people that I surround myself with are usually trying to come from a place that's uh, like honest and but they don't understand the difference. And 
I think for a lot of white people specifically, they don't understand that. I can speak for me. If I could trade my Timberlands for penny loafers, I would have been did it. Like, it's not some shit that I'm just like, look how hard it was. But like, it's not, look how hard it was for me to get to this point. Like that shit is for the birds, man. Like, and it's it's the circumstances that we are dealt in which we got to try to make our way out. And I get that people really want to take on certain fights, but I think it's weird to me when you look at certain issues that have happened, especially the ones that have happened recently, where you turn on the news or you go into social media and the people who the issue is about are in the back of the crowd and then there's like white people in the front of it. There are, it's not just white people, but it's, it's, it's people who are not the people who should be the ones in the it front. It feels, it feels kind of kinda like the habitat quote that like, I know you and I mm-hmm. both know well, you know, it's that handout versus a hand or what is a hand up versus a handout. It's like, you know, we yeah. should be here at most side by side. Yeah. If not, you're above me, but it, like, it, it, I agree. Like, and, and I think that's what has, you know, I, I've said this, time and time again about different people fighting for different social justice in, in different regards like there's a point where it's going too far to where you're now diminishing the returns on what does is worth fighting for you know mm-hmm. if if you're fighting so that you can brag about what you did it loses all of its luster and people will want to discredit you because you're trying to take credit for something that you know, for this credit of taking it, you know, you would hope though, but I don't think people really do that. I think people spend their time more discrediting, discrediting people who didn't succeed at taking credit. Mm. Like if somebody's trying to pop out and being like, look at me and and it doesn't work, people are quicker to be like, you look stupid. Why did you do that? As opposed to the person that it did work for calling them out and being like, this ain't about you. Like, what are you doing? So it's like this weird thing that happens, I think in, in society right now where, People, and, and that's the thing too, where I think that we also, as a people who think that meaning well is the same thing as doing well. And that's not the same thing at all. I get it. You mean me well, you don't want to do harm, all that kind of stuff, but you are doing more harm with this approach and these actions than you realize, because people are probably looking at you as the defining moment of what's going on when in all actuality, you shouldn't be the one holding the torch. I, I think that's a, better way of verbalizing what I what I had intended in my mind I was like you know like I was thinking like it's not a perfect one-to-one but like mm-hmm. the controversy of like that Demi Lovato got in for trying to say it's uh inconsiderate for us to use the word uh use the word alien to people not of this planet and I was like it feels like we're <laughs> <laughs> wait when did that happen so this happened a couple months ago. <laughs> this, this has been an example I've used time and time again. She's like, I think we should stop using the word alien because it's mean to people not of the, or like mean to creatures not of this planet. To which How the I fuck said, do you I, know that Demi Lovato? To which you I said, to, to which I said, alien is a word in the dictionary. It means not of this origin. Like it's not about mm-hmm. a specific type of. <laughs> rewind, rewind, rewind. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me look rewind. this up. Let me look I, this I, up. I, 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 I know you have questions, so let me I gotta, find I gotta the story. You, I got to ask you this question. Um, I can't believe we haven't so, talked so about So Demi Lovato chose to, to, to skip non-citizens of any country and just go straight to the astrological ones? So she didn't, oh, she didn't say, hey, stop calling Mexicans aliens. She was like, yo, you know the little things on Mars? They don't like it. 
Oh, so apparently she was hunting UFOs in her new documentary, or their new documentary. I want to be respectful. Why the and, fuck do they have a documentary? And about said, what? I don't know. Demi, but the Rolling Stone headline is Demi Lovato says calling extraterrestrials aliens is offensive. Um, they have a new unreleased song called Aliens. Just <laughs> a funny follow-up to that. Um Said their fans should know they don't call them aliens because it is a derogatory term for anything. So aliens is a derogatory term for anything, to which I say alien is an adjective. I gotta ask you a question. Um, what's up? What's is, this, what's, is this me as an English major or minor? Or no, like, no, no, no. What's Demi Lovato's heritage? Does it say on her Wikipedia? I think she has some Latin heritage, no? I don't know. Um, I mean, she's from Texas. I know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Born in New Mexico. Okay. Um, her mom was a Cowboys cheerleader. But it, it's just a whole Dallas Cowboys family. And I think that's that might be what we're coming back so, to. So, she so an older, to... older sister named Dallas. Come on. Okay. So what I was trying to get to was how did Demi Lovato should be part of an American history textbook? Because how did you fumble the bag this hard? How are you as a, as a white woman or presenting as a white woman or will people presume? Yeah, I, as I would a white certainly woman, say she's a presenting white woman. Presenting so, white woman. Uh, me- who, her, her, their father was of Mexican descent with mostly Spanish and native American ancestors. Um, mother of English and Irish descent. Okay, so a mixed, a, a multiracial woman who most people probably don't know is multiracial, so they probably just assume Presume she's white. Like yeah. a white woman that has olive skin, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just take these things, you have a white woman with olive skin, presumably, who literally is picking up the mantle for some of the biggest social justice causes in America over the last four or five years, whether it be recovery. And just super talented to begin with from a certain level. Like, yeah, I didn't even get to that part. Yeah. And and she is in the position that she, I mean, sorry, they are in the position that they are in. How? Like, how did they fumble the bag where it's like, you're doing alien documentaries? Like, how? This has to be a documentary in itself. Like, how did somebody set up? Literally, they, this person could have been the liberal god mm-hmm. of America. And they are doing alien documentaries. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy what can happen. Um, I mean, That's one the, the the drug stuff is not. I mean, no one ever wishes that on anyone. Um, I gotta say this too. I gotta say this too. It's insensitive, but I gotta say it. They were on heroin. Heroin's the greatest creative drug there has ever been in music. And and they created good art off of that, but. <laughs> You know, it's it, it feels like it was like a delayed hit of like the the perils and devils of child superstardom. But like, I feel like most people have the people that run into issues hit it at they a, were a child star. Yeah, I know they did stuff as a child, but is that it? Is a child star the same thing as a porn star where if you were a child actor, you're a child star? Like, if you were a porn star, you did one scene, you're a porn star. So I'm crediting it based on the fact that at, like, age 15, 16, they were also on, like, Disney Channel shows. 
That to me counts. I mean, they they were on they were on Barney when they were super young. That, I'm not counting that. Was Beans a child star from the Even Steven show? He's just a goat. See, that's why I look at this as this is like I think child I think child actors. But he kind of did he do anything after that? You tell me because I don't remember anything. But you know that's why I say like they were always in the public spotlight. After but that's why I think child actors are the same thing as porn stars, where it's like if you happen to have been on something at a certain point in time, there is no middle, is, there is no amateur. It's straight up like if you did it, you're a star. They're still star versus superstar. Oh, you didn't say superstar. I said child star. I would say Demi's superstar. Ch- a child at, superstar? At the peak. At the, a um, child superstar is what I'm asking. Not a, not a, not a superstar. the age of 18, yes. That's a child superstar. So you're telling me Demi Lovato is on the same level as Shia LaBeouf. That's a superstar. See? It gets Lizzie McGuire, a.k.a. Hillary Duff. You're telling it's me that's Harry. the same thing? It's Harry. Because um, the way I'm looking at it is, okay, born 92. At 16, they had, like, Camp Rock drop and were touring with the Jonas Brothers. They that feels superstar. Had- they did not have Camp Rock Drop. Don't do that. It was not Demi Lovato's movie. It was the Joe Bros. They, thank you. They were in Camp Rock with the Jonas Brothers. See, that's what you're trying to do there. You're trying to, you're trying to get yeah, the main character, no? The Jonas Brothers were the main. How many main characters are we giving out? Because an Oscars only have two. Per, per ca- two the per Jonas Brothers were not the main character of that film. Actually, the movie. There's certain things that are films. That was a movie. But... Are you telling me Demi Lovato's on the same I'm not, level? I'm, of- I'm not saying that was that was the selling point of the movie. The main character in the movie was was Demi. Yes. Are you telling me Demi Lovato's on the same level as Macaulay Culkin? No. So what is Macaulay Culkin if he's not a superstar, a child superstar? What's child the child goat? goat? <laughs> we gave that the beans. We out here goating and goating. <laughs> hey, you know, but, but this was hey. There's goats, and then there's the goat. That might be a Shia. What about the Olsen twins? Or maybe a Frankie Muniz. What about the Olsen twins? I can keep giving you goats, man. I'm goat heavy over here. Because Demi Lovato ain't it. Demi Lovato is a different animal because they ain't a goat. <laughs> they, do, do you think Demi's like that Jason Tatum tier that you are talking about earlier before the show? No. No? Demi, Demi Lovato is Derek Fisher. God damn, that feels disrespectful. <laughs> Got five titles. Kobe never won without Derek. But nobody looking at Derek like, I want you to be my starting point guard. Is that in retrospect or was that, you know, like, I feel like that wasn't the look at the peak, no? What peak did Derek Fisher have? Not Derek Fisher. I'm, I'm talking Demi. No, Demi Lovato's two years younger than me. I grew up literally at the same time as Demi Lovato. I didn't know Demi Lovato's actual name until they put out music. I knew Macaulay Culkin's name. I knew Shia LaBeouf's name. I knew Hillary Duff's name. I know I Beans knew T and Tamara Mallory. <laughs> I was like, I know Beans' character's name. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew Beans. I know T and Tamara Mallory. I knew like I knew people's real Frankie names. Frankie Muniz. Frankie, oh, I met Frankie Muniz, the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never heard of Demi Lovato That's until fair. I started putting out music. Damn. Credits Kelly Clarkson and Christina Aguilera as their main musical influences. All right, we're going to pass. So 50, who you got? <laughs> 50. Um, I'd like you to go first. Okay. 
um, because I feel like you're going to pick one of two. And I'm Ooh. curious to hear which one of those two you go with. G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-
a very short list of his accomplishments, and I'm going to get to the real part I want to get to. David Robinson, who also gave the first part of his career up to the Navy to do his service. I was going to call that out. Two-time NBA champion, 1990 and 2003. The most viable player, MVP in 1995. Ten-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA first team. Two-time All-NBA second team. Four-time All-NBA third team. He was the defensive player of the year. And just for all of you out there who, who really wants to follow, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's been less than 10 players in NBA history who's been both MVP and defensive player of the year. In very career. short list. Very short list. He was all defensive team four times, second all defensive team four times. He was the IBM award, which don't even exist anymore, five times. He was a sportsman. He has wait, a sportsmanship. Wait, I just want to call out what that is because it doesn't exist anymore because I, I just looked at that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just for those who don't know, it was sponsored and calculated by IBM and determined by a computer formula, which measured uh, a player's statistical contribution to the team. The best contribution to the team in the league received the award. So that's basically saying by his computer analysis, he was mm-hmm. the most contributive player to his team in the league. He was the first BCS basketball player. It's <laughs> an interesting way of putting it, but yeah, I, I think that's a fair he was way. The of first, it. He was the first basketball player that analytics loved. You know, so like yeah. sportsmanship of the world, Kennedy Citizen, uh, scoring championship, rebound, block, just to just digress. Do you think they took took that award away when Allen Iverson came in because they were like, now that we want the analytics to hate him? I think they I think that they changed the analytics and they made uh dribbling high a carry. They was like, You can't be doing this shit. Get him out of here. Um so <laughs> oh, short- here's what it was. Tim Duncan won in 0102, and they were just like, eh, we're kind of done with this now. It's all the Spurs. Yeah. Um, so that's that's his that's a short version of his list of accomplishments. But where I really want to get to is the year that he won a scoring title. <sighs> that 95. Also, he also recorded a quadruple double. Just putting it out there. Something but like the year he won a scoring title. Was he, that 95 that he yes? He, mm-hmm. uh, and he had to <laughs> he had to go bonkers in his game. And when he went bonkers, he is also one of only six players to record 70 points or more in a single game. Mm-hmm. The players are the Admiral, Will Elgin Baylor, David Cole. Thompson, Devin Booker, Kobe Bryant, I forgot about Will Booker. Chamberlain. Forgot yeah, about yeah. That was against us. They lost. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> Score 70 and you lose, Doc? It's a different conversation. Yeah, we, we gave him that Kobe so, Wyatt treatment that night. Yes, the Admiral scored 71 points against the Clippers. I don't know if that really counts because the Clippers. Elgin Baylor once scored 71 points. David Thompson once scored 73 points. Devin Booker once scored 70 points. Kobe Bryant once scored 81 points. Will Chamberlain once scored 70 points, 72 points, 73 points, twice. We, we get it. He 78 points. We, we get it. He was points. good. He was, he was good. We get it. Yeah. Dog, I had to so, so really, this wasn't actually at all about David Robinson. It was all about Will Chamberlain again at that point. <laughs> so you're so you're fifty. <laughs> so so here's an interesting question that I have about David Robinson. Do you think it has hurt his legacy over time that his best season, ninety five, he won the MVP. He that was the year he scored seventy one. Mm-hmm. Do you think part of why he's Forgotten about seems so incorrect because it's not like anyone forgets about him. But part of the reason he gets cast aside in the all-time great conversations is he got dusted by a greater big man in that postseason run. Um, 
I would say it had something to do with it because he never won any, uh, he never won a, a, a team award without Tim Duncan. So if he would have won, if he would have beat Hakeem or Akeem before he came to the NBA, he was still Hakeem. He, he had become Hakeem at that point. Yeah, I know. But oh, I'm does, does it also hurt that he got dream shaped as bad as he did? I personally don't think that that matters that much. I think that just it to had the a eight lot year olds that just watch highlights. <laughs> I think it had a lot to do with his inability to bring because think Although about very this. close. No, but but think about this though. Did he played with Dennis Rodman? People forget that he had another great player on his team that Could was you imagine being a, a military like exactly and he was man. malfunctioning yeah dennis robin dennis robin's career was over until the bulls took a flyer on him people don't people don't remember that at all yeah he was with the spurs he flamed out that's when he started dying his hair was the spurs people think yeah. about the bulls they cut him i'm pretty sure they cut him the bulls pick him up and then he revitalizes his career so dennis robin dennis robin david robinson was playing with a whole bunch of wild motherfuckers and it was just like this shit is not working and he's out. like the least wild motherfucker too like, and, he, like even his son, like his son went on and played wide receiver at Notre Dame or tight end at Notre Dame. His I was main, like, was like he, his family is like the most by the book. Dude, like, his his main guard was Vinny Del Negro. Good coach. Come on, man. Actually, not that good coach. That? David Robinson literally scored 70 in a game before, and we still were just like, yeah, that was cool. Like, we got to give credit to him for like literally. Because like the other thing that I think is worth saying is like you could take Bean and Booker off that list mm-hmm. for, for, for the purpose of how important was it at the time that it happened? No, you could take Devin off that look. Bean won. No, no, Booker. I know. But, but I'm saying when it happened, he was right there. So, yeah. like, Bean hadn't happened yet is basically what I'm getting to. Is like, obviously, Bean has surpassed that. But if we look at how we should look, and this is the way I look at a lot of career accolades, is like, Hank Aaron hitting 715 to me, like home run number 715 to pass Babe Ruth, is just imp- as important to me to a degree as Barry Bonds hitting 756 especially at the time when, in which they happened. Especially when one of them never had 50 home runs in a season. Correct. There's another good 50. I almost brought that up. Um, I did think about that. Um, anyway, so the 250s that I expected from you. Yeah, I want to hear these. So I, was, I know Psycho T. Psycho T is one. Mm-hmm. I thought when you said the big boy of basketball, I don't know why this was a guy I thought of where he was just like such a piece of like the history of the game from a culture standpoint. I thought you were going to go with Chocolate Thunder. Daryl Dawkins. And show Darryl some Dawkins. love to your grandmother. But Did I, I was about to say my grandmother cried when that man died and she says he didn't cry him, when Michael Mack died. Him and JFK. <laughs> Dude, him and J- she's. I was like, did you cry when Michael Max died? He was just like, no. I was like, God damn. You cried when Daryl Dawkins and JFK died? God Two, damn. two peas in a pod. <laughs> Legitimate. Shout out to Chocolate Thunder. And you know what's funny about Daryl Dawkins? He doesn't get, he's the first ever professional basketball player drafted out of high school. But they don't give him the credit for it. He's the first. He's the very first. I don't know. He's the very first ever. I mean, I, I remember him being on like, like, I think the first time I ever got introduced to him, and this is something that the younger generations, unfortunately for them, will not come to know. Like, I remember him being a judge on like City Slam and like, wow, <laughs> City Slam <laughs> with his dangly earring. And, yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, like, but, but like I, I think that's 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 a testament to like how much of a part of the culture of the sport you are. I'm pretty sure he played for all three major uh professional basketball leagues in North America. I think like, so. Oh, it's wild, man. Like he was a fixture and he was he arguably was one of the reasons why you know the Sixers didn't win more championships, but I digress. Um, because he was the starting center when Dr. J was in his prime in the 70s for that whole run. And then when they finally replaced him with Moses Malone in 1982, then we won the championship because he was the guy. And then it was just like, we yeah. had to get somebody else. So my number 50. I'm happy. Wait, wait, I'm happy, bro. Shout out to you, man. Uh, it had to, had to, had to. There's a couple people I think of when I think of number 50, because obviously you think about your local teams, you think about your local 50s. Um, Shout out to Harvard. Yeah, I was trying to think of some Harvard. I'm always trying to think of some Harvard ones, but um, in, in hindsight, I wish I brought up Kyle Juszczyk for 44. Um, no shade to Orlando Cabrera, but um, number 50 is an interesting one. There's been a bunch of people that I've really loved. Um, shout out to Eddie House. Um, Woo! Shout out to Ray Allen. That's number 50? No, when he slapped Eddie House's bandana and it, I mean, oh. uh, his headband and that shit. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> he slapped um, the shit out of Eddie House. But, you know, we were talking about how fifties a great big man. Number. Oh no, that was Ray for Austin. Sorry, that was Ray for Austin who did that. Skip, yeah. And then, did you hear? Wait, can I can I sidebar this real quick? Yes, I'm gonna do to you what you do to me all the time. Ray for Austin had a great interview recently last year when he said that House's son plays basketball and then he plays like on the AAU circuit. And a guy who was coaching him was like, oh, that's Ray for Austin. That's Gibson Malou. He's a legend. He also slapped the shit out your dad. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't say that to that kid. Like, what are you doing? And then he talked about it. He was like, yeah, man, I lost. Like, I that, that was fucked up, man. I can't, I can't, I feel, I feel terrible about doing that to Eddie House. Eddie House was the, like, he was like, it was one of those things where I was just like, yo, the fact that this man slapped the shit out of a grown man on broad TV and nothing happened. Like, nothing happened. That was the real league. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. I had to put that. Shout out to Ray for Austin. Skip to my little legend. R.I.P. Um, always. Was he 53? We, we can talk about him a couple yeah, of times. Like 53. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, see, see, this is how you know that we, we're really – like, I don't. I haven't watched more than 15 NBA games probably in the last two years. Mm-hmm. But I still feel comfortable calling myself a hoop head. I'm like, I know Escalade's number. Yeah. <laughs> you in here. Yeah, I, I haven't played 2K since we lived together. I haven't bought it. Mm. Um, I should. I should. I, but anyway, so my 50s, I wanted to show some love to Eddie House as one of the rare small guys to wear the fit, the number. Um, His jersey was 3XL, so. You're not wrong. Um, so there's, there's two guys I'm going to shout out. One's a quick one because he's doing his thing. And I think he's a perfect encapsulation of what this franchise stood for. And I, I'm going local for my picks. Okay. Um, so my first my first shout out goes to the one and only Mike Vrabel. Ooh, okay. Should have won coach of the year this year. And part of why I needed to pick that is I had the jersey. And I feel like if I have a jersey of, of a guy, if I'm picking on numbers, I got to throw some love. So I, I had the 50 Vrabel jersey. Um, 
at a time that I, I had kind of fallen out of love with the Patriots and someone gave me a gift card and I was like, he had just left the team and I was like, fuck it. I'm getting the variable jersey that's on discount because I fucked my variable. But yeah, I think he's a perfect encapsulation of like what people say the Patriot way is. What does he have? Five receptions and all of them are touchdowns? Uh, it's not far off. Um, let's see. Receiving and rushing. He has... 10 total receptions, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> and, and you know what makes it even, you know what makes it even better is when you look at the yardage. Yeah, it's all it's probably like five yards. 14 yards. <laughs> That's so fucking wild. But but like I think it's amazing that you realize like it wasn't fluke shit. I knew it was I knew it was perfect number though. That's why I said yeah. five for five. I knew it was a perfect number. But like you look at it, it's like it was 02, 04, 05, 06, 07, 09, 10. But like that's the crazy thing is like the fact that it worked, yeah. it, it wasn't a secret. If Mike Vrabel came in the game, he's getting the ball. I'm also pretty sure I saw him bat one down because he knew he wasn't going to score. Like I'm pretty sure I watched the game. I was like, he could have caught that. And he's, he's a like, linebacker. He's like, oh, instinct. Yeah, my bad. Hands <laughs> drop. I'm like, you smacked oh, out. What, was it the Eagles one or the Carolina one where he like tipped it up in the air? That was Birch, right? It was a Birch, yeah. Yeah, but it was like hey, he was like he was the weirdest like sure thing that you had. Where it's like you're putting in a linebacker to play tight end, and you're like, yep, yeah, he's getting the ball, he's catching it, they're scoring a touchdown on this play. Um, so shout out to Mike Vrabel. Also super happy that he's transitioned it into a good coaching career. He should have won uh coach of the year last year. I agree. That's losing Derrick Henry and still having the best record. Losing Derrick Henry, having Ryan Tannehill as your main signal caller, having to – like they He was the AP life. and Sports Nation and Pro Football Writers Association Coach of the Year last year. I don't, yeah, I don't know how he didn't win it. I mean, I who know did win it? Was stupid, but he won it? No, who did win it? It doesn't matter because it wasn't Mike Vrabel. I agree. But then again, people also think that Brian Flores shouldn't be a head coach. And that's a good point. I, so people I just don't trust a lot of people's opinions on coaches. So people also think uh, Patrick Mahomes is stupid for signing a $500 million contract. I'm like, hmm, okay. Sounds like a lot of people that don't know how to make good decisions. Um, those are the same people who are always being like, well, why don't you give more? I'm like, when's the last time you gave a percentage of anything you make? Correct. Um, I'm sorry. You're but right. my number 50. Other number fifty. You want to give Mike Vrabel his credit? Mike, yes. Mike Vrabel. I first also all time name. Like like I, I think he has an all time yes. great name of like you read that name like that's not a guy that I want to meet in the A gap. I also think that I can assemble an all time team of the Hall of Very Good that can beat almost every team that you can assemble up a Hall of Fame team. And Mike Verbal will be on that team. I, I think that's a, a great call. Um, I mean, like that, even just that linebacking core that they had mm-hmm. was as good as it gets. Like, honestly, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into that linebacking core because, yeah, because you got to get your other 50 out. And we spoiler alert. Well, no, that and spoiler alert, there's probably two, if not three more coming in the next five or six episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, but my number 50. This is going to hurt my heart. <laughs> it will for years to come. It's another small guy. Um, I, I just don't want to say it. It, it, <laughs> it. It's still, I haven't gotten over it. 
So Reese knows this about me and anyone else that knows me well knows this about me. There's no sport I love more than baseball. My number 50 is Marcus Lynn Betts. MLB, Mookie, the most talented, the most talented Red Sox player I've ever seen. I think that's the I think that's the worst trade in MLB history, and that includes the uh, Babe Ruth trade. Um, it's one of those weird ones where, like, I understand why it happened, but also you're the Red Sox. Stop giving a fuck about the salary cap. That's why I can't understand why it happened. Because and I actually I like I like a lot of the guys that we got as part of that deal. And Mookie Bet, you know why? If Mookie Bet didn't win the first year, he was gone. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think that's the worst. Trade I, I, I think I think you know it's a bad trade when all the Red Sox fans are like rooting for him in that World Series. Yeah, and it's a bad trade when the person doesn't actively want to leave. Man, he that's... was dis- I think he was disenfranchised by the situation. He he wanted to go to free agency. That's that different. he had made clear. Yeah, that's different. And then it, it was also just poor timing where it's like as soon as we traded him, COVID happened, and he was like, actually, let me just secure the bag while I can. But the thing Which is, makes sense. going into free agency the way he said it did not say he wasn't going to resign. And I Correct. think the Red Sox took it that way. Like It's different if he's like, I'm not going to The other thing him. is like, honestly, like, and this is one thing I have said is just don't trade him to L.A. Trade him to, trade him to somewhere where he's going to hate. Trade him to Pittsburgh. See, but you can't do that to him, though, because he's That's so loved. That's you gotta true. give you gotta give him a chance, you know what I'm saying? But like as soon as he got to LA, I was like, he's never come back. No, not at all. So I gotta so that's a great transition. Um, why is baseball dumb? You know, I you you are one of two people in my life who I know love baseball more than everybody else in my life, and I'm a guy who I love baseball, but is you is and Ryan Fox Foxy? Okay. It's like Kinger up there. Kinger loves some baseball. I know. Kinger loves baseball, but Ryan Fox is like, so no, actually, no, I got to start in five. Hold the fuck up. No, no order. You, Ryan Fox, Chris King, my boy, Joe Pinto, who still scores every single game he goes to. He brings the big ledger. He will sit there. He'll like, yo, give me hot dogs. Give me, like, he will sit there and score score. every single thing. Yeah. 100%. And I'm going to put me as five. I'll play, I'll play, I'll play mop up duty. But like y'all four, different level. So why is baseball done? So dumb. I don't know. It it, it just saddens me. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know that I can I can full like a f- form a fully controlled thought on it. Like, the thing that bugs me most is the way that the media gets played into it. Um, mm-hmm. And this isn't necessarily a baseball thing. It's more of just negotiations in any regard it's like no that's a baseball thing no that's a baseball this is a baseball right now right now it is but but like no i mean even negotiations negotiate i've negotiated i think in my life five different contracts it has never gone this dumb this often oh no i I agree no but but i more mean like i think it's ridiculous that people buy into the commissioner being like oh we were forced to lock out the players we're being forced to you know withhold games like that's not how it works when you're the organization. You're not being forced to do shit. You're Isn't making the, third, the choice. Isn't this the third lockout in our lifetime for baseball? 
94. Well, 94 is before my lifetime. Well, um, my lifetime, I guess. <laughs> What's the other one that you're thinking of? 94. There was also one um, after the steroid era. It didn't last long, but it was the lockout. Is that running the NHL one? Possibly. I know the NHL had one like 0405. Yeah, I remember that. They came back better. No, it looks like just 94, 95 was the last one. Um, but 95 also had some stuff canceled, I think. Okay. Um, but like it, it's just like I that's what drives me crazy. Cause my whole thing is be transparent. Like there was like, cause it's so clear when media are just being puppets for owners and the, mm-hmm. the league too, which bugs me where it's like, you know, you got Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, who, you know, if I have a chance to disparage Garrett Cole as the ace of the Yankees, I will do it because mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, but like, they're like, Oh, they pulled up in a Porsche. It's like, cool. Let's say that car's two hundred thousand dollars. All these owners own their own planes, so they who the fuck cares? They own airports. Yeah, I was like, Steve Cohen has eighteen billion dollars. How many two hundred thousand dollars cars could he buy right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just don't get. I'll I'll never understand how people can side with billionaires or millionaires. Um, well, I I can tell you exactly why people can do that. It's very simple to me. Because they buy into the media that the billionaires own. Because people can't fathom having a billion dollars, but they can see themselves becoming a millionaire. And they know what they would do with a million dollars, but they don't know what they would do with a billion dollars because it seems so unfathomable. That that makes sense, actually. Um, It's stupid, but yes, I think it makes sense. Yeah. No, I I think that's actually fair. It makes a little sense that way. But no, I'm very sad. Um... Because I don't really give a shit about most other American sports at this point in my life. I've lost a lot of interest. I care a lot about baseball. And that's what I want to go see. It's what I want to watch on TV. It's what I want to experience. There's there's nothing that gives me more enjoyment. Like being at Fenway Park on a summer afternoon is my happy place. Like, like it's therapeutic for me. It genuinely is. Which sounds silly to say. But you know that that's just who i am like and, and that, uh, that's not silly at all i mean for all of you who don't know american history if it wasn't for baseball parks americans would have been committing suicide committing major crime during almost every major war time in american history yeah i mean as, as you know like you know when reese gives that top five of people that love baseball we had a house party in our house mm-hmm. during the world series and i sat in my room the entire time one hundred percent. I think I came down for I, rations, but just because I just, just because <laughs> I don't want to be left out. I was streaming it on my phone. I wasn't just enjoying the party. I mean, the shit was going on. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like it's it's one of the few things that I can't I can't do socially very well. You know, when it's my team and and the, and the stakes are high, I need but to be baseball alone. Baseball is not meant to be social to me. I think baseball is meant to be individualized social. And what I mean by that is, it's meant to be shared with a larger community, not to be shared with a small individual group of people who aren't in the same ideology. That's why going to the ballpark is amazing. You could be around 
fucking 20,000 people, 30,000 people, 50,000 people. But if there's 20 people in the house and they don't give a fuck about what's going on, yeah. it don't work. I think, I think, but I think there's so much beauty to the game. It's so unique. It's the most individualized team sport that there is to me where most individualized team sport there is. So, you know, if you have an ace pitcher, they can only mm-hmm. pitch one every five days. Yeah. So you have to rely so much on other people, but at the end of the day, when you're performing, you're up at the plate, you're pitching, you're pretty one-on-one with that person. More than soccer? Uh, Yes. Because you, you can't pass out of you're at bat. But but the but here's the thing I love about baseball. To me, it feels like the most honorable sport sport in many ways. There's no running out the clock because there is no clock. You have to give the other team their rightful ups. You have to give them their chance to come back into the game. And that's what I've always loved. But I, I just love the flow of the game. Like I, I get to escape from everything when, when I'm at a baseball game or I'm watching one. But before we go too far into how dumb baseball is, I do want to give uh, Mookie some love um, as a guy that he also adapted his entire position. He's one of the best outfielders of this generation, and he came up as a second baseman. Um, and he's won five gold gloves, five all-stars, an MVP, two World Series, just a batting title. Like, Worst he's as good as they come. History. Huh? Worst in baseball history. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. All right. So speaking of Mookie Betts, I would like to throw it to you to give the people your thoughts on the racism in New England as a whole. Historically. He wasn't in New England. I'm pretty sure he was a prospect somewhere else. He's a prospect for the Red Sox. Yeah, but that means he was in New England. He could have been in South Carolina. Listen, wherever I go, I'm Philly. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you were, oh i'm in north dakota it's philly um as i've said to reese and i mean with uh, you know i, w- I want to headline this but i don't agree with the same as i don't even remember the dude's name um yeah, i don't either i think it was like nick something um Sorry. if it wasn't something so egregiously and so clearly wrong as like racism and homophobia and whatever else part of me wants to respect that in this day and age of like pr spins on everything he's like nah fuck your pr spin this is who i am and i want to listen who don't know this uh young uh boston red sox prospect went on a random at what felt like a random ass twitter rant literally telling the entire world just confirming like yes i am racist yeah, you literally, I am racist, and this is why, and I'm going to continue to be racist no matter what point you make to me. But not only that, bringing up his his misogyny, bringing up his, the way he thinks about the world as a whole, and realistically speaking, I like somebody who stands on their morals and values, even if I don't believe in their morals and values. I, I, I'd like to just, you know, because the Red Sox don't exactly have a great track record of... Uh... me New England? No, Red Sox specifically. Um, I mean, Bill Russell, as you would argue, probably the greatest player ever, retired his jersey without any fans in the stands. Not, but you know, we we Bill was there. You know, we had the the bringing the up first, shit. My bad. Yeah, no, bad. we had, we had the first black NHL player. You know, we we had some diversity. Um, but you know, Pumpsy Green Wasn't being the Red Sox, to the last team to have a black player. Yep, yep. Shout out to Pumpsy Green. Um, that's why I say the Red Sox don't have a great track record. <laughs> 
Um, at least they, I'd like to, you know, clear up. They did release this individual. Um, yeah, no, it's after not great. They, after they recorded a podcast and asked for some autographs. That's what I heard in the streets. The streets? The streets, man. I don't know if it's just the Yankee streets or the Red Sox streets. But I Probably, you know, let, let's just, you know, all I'll say is Ken Griffey never said that we were the racist organization out of the Red Sox and Yankees, so. Um, Griffey also fell asleep during a game with the white with the White Sox, but I digress. If you ain't a unanimous Hall of Famer, don't talk to me. <laughs> so the only person that I like that line. Is, Ain't that a great line? The only person Nobody that can talk to you is Mariano Rivera. <laughs> yeah, only one person can talk to me. And he's gonna he has the same role as me. Yeah, he's gonna talk to you in Spanish. <laughs> Listen, I took Spanish for seven years, and we both call ourselves Mo. We out here. I didn't talk. I, I can't speak any Spanish. Talk to me Italian. I got you. Um, yeah, Bella. But yeah, no, I, I I hope there's some baseball this year. I also am in full support of what the players want. Always. You think they might miss a whole year? No. Yeah, me neither. It's going to be baseball this year. Too much money. I think it's going to be like the COVID year where it's just like we're going to play like 60 games. I, I think I think they are using the suspension of like maybe the first month of games as a bit of a scare tactic. I think they only, all, they only, they, they only uh, suspended the first two weeks. The other thing is yeah. the owners know, and I know as a baseball fan, a, a lot, probably more than half the teams lose money in April. 100%. I think only like five to 10 teams. If you're above the Mason Dixon line and you don't play in New York, Boston, Toronto, that's probably it. Maybe, think, uh, maybe the Cubs. No, the Cubs definitely. Maybe the Mariners, because they don't have anything else left. They, and, and theirs is retractable. So they, yeah. they got the yeah. – because they had the Blue Jays thing. Yeah. So, like, if you're not one of those teams, you're losing money. Yeah. Maybe the Giants, because people love that park. That stadium is so fucking big. It's like – No, the Giants, Giants isn't that crazy. The, the A's is. A's is bad. They're losing money. But they're losing money every month. Yeah, that's different. You better not move to A's. Damn straight. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they'll let it get anywhere near, like, say, the All-Star break if we look at it at a more extreme level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I don't think it'll get near that point. Um, I just – I don't know. It, I get frustrated as someone that loves the sport with all that I am and sees people falling for what, to me, is clear peddling of lies by the owners. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you got different reports being like, oh, they're close to a deal or they're so far off. And it's like there's certain people that if you you're in the sport, you know who this person is just a puppet for. Yeah. You know, it's like John Heyman's a perfect one. It's like whatever he's saying is just whatever Scott Boris, who for those don't know, is the most powerful agent in baseball is telling him to say always. how How do you think all of this ends? With both sides feeling like they lost. I don't think the owners can ever feel like they lost. Because the gap is too big. Maybe. Because if the owner if the owners lose even five hundred million dollars as a collective. That's a drop in the bucket. If the players lose five hundred million dollars, people literally have to find a new career. 
And and that's the other thing is even the like, oh, we're arguing millionaires versus billionaires thing, which first of all, I side with millionaires, but most of the league, like 75 plus percent makes under a million dollars. So we're literally not even talking about that. And I feel like that the goalposts always get moved to such a high degree that's just dangerous. See, I would disagree. I don't think the goalposts could move. I don't think people realize that the sport that we're playing don't have goalposts. I got you. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think when it comes to the sport of baseball, like even if the goalposts were to get moved, I don't think people realize that there aren't any goalposts in baseball. I mean, there are the foul pole, but that doesn't get moved because people don't really care enough to really investigate why things are happening the way that they are. Um, I think baseball is missing out on the opportunity right now where people are outside because of COVID. Well, because of COVID restrictions, people are looking for things to do. There's probably no other sport that is as electric, as fulfilling, and make you feel like you spent your money on the right thing when it comes to being live, like baseball. And if that's the case, if that's really where it becomes, what do we do about that? Um, baseball is firmly a top six sport in America because the top three have been sewn up because of a lot of their mis own missteps. So if they take most of the season off, I don't think that another sport can jump them right now. I, I firmly believe, I know the NFL is above them, NBA is above them, and I would argue that hockey is above them. But when it comes to American sports, I think that there are tennis might be able to jump it. Golf might be able to jump it with everything that's going on. I think that baseball is in a point right now where they might literally fall out of the top four American sports. And I think that that's something they're not really thinking about because they don't believe in base. They don't believe in, in tennis. They don't believe in golf. They don't believe in these other things. They don't believe in esports. I wouldn't be surprised if esports overtakes baseball in this time. And I don't think we can, they can, I don't think they can survive that. Yeah, I don't, I don't totally disagree. I think they're, dismissive of the globalization of sport like you said tennis you know I, I look at soccer the same way i look at f1 i look at um like racing in general race yeah racing in general is a good, NASCAR, great call. like F1. people people are dying about nascar but like i, I think f1 is going to even build that even more and then people are naturally going to gravitate from f1 back to nascar Be like hey where can i see racing more locally um mm -hmm. and, and i agree i, I think there's so much pride in this is America's pastime. And, and to me, it is still. But at the same time, I think I can recognize that, like, it's getting caught up and passed. What do you mean by that? You still believe that this is America's pastime? To, to me, when, when I think America's pastime, I think baseball. But I'm yeah. also not so prideful of that to be dismissive of what else is there. But, are you but I feel like the owners are more like oh, nothing can touch us. I don't know. Are you saying it's America's pastime because of the way you think about the game? Or are you going by the letter of the actual words and saying this is how America passes their time? I, I think it's the 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 perception of like when someone says, oh, baseball is America's pastime. And it's like, I think, I think people buy into that Kool-Aid too much sometimes. Okay, because this is definitely not America's pastime if you think about how people are passing their time. It's all about lacrosse, baby. Goddamn right, fastest sport on two feet. Uh, have you seen hurling? Come on, yes, I have. Hurling's quicker. 
Anyways. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> um, I had something that I wanted to bring up. I forget what it was now. I totally just spaced. That was in a similar line of thinking. I got distracted, but. Well, it will come. Oh, back to oh, you. I know. I know what it was. Um, speaking of fighting and sport, what, what are your thoughts on the Michigan basketball situation? We haven't gotten a chance it's to discuss. amazing. With all of those cameras in that arena, nobody saw uh, Phil Martelli snuffing out a redshirt freshman in the corner, but I digress. Um, we have some Phil slander here? It's not slander. I'm proud of him. Okay. At that age, man, we saw what happened with Pedro when the Yankees started fighting. I was like, God damn, Zimmer, he's too old. <laughs> Phil was out here, you know what I mean, laying that wood. But um, I think that it's... I think it's severely unfortunate, realistically speaking. Like, all jokes aside, I think it's severely unfortunate. Jawan Howard was been trying to be in a head coach for a year. He, he was, in some ways, not as accomplished at all, but put his time in as Eric B. Enemy when it comes to you have a name, you have a face, you even know who you are, but you're still not getting the opportunity. He finally gets the opportunity of his lifetime, the school he went to, the, the school that changed his life, that allowed him to be a, a, a top 10 pick in the NBA, that allowed him to, I think he made over $120 million in his career for never being a superstar. That's what's wild. Like, he was on the all-time get-paid team. And for that's, his, that's the, that, that is the uh, the museum that is curated by Jalen Rose. One the, the, the keep getting them checks Hall of Fame. 1,000%. It's Jalen Rose and Steve Young. Because Steve Young was getting paid from the USFL until he was 40 years old. <laughs> he had a million dollars. Bob, Bobby, let's, let's throw Bobby Bonilla in there too. Yes, Bobby Bonilla as well. So it's it's sad, man. Like Being I would Bobby Bonilla might be the highest paid player in uh major league baseball this year. Yeah, probably. If because no season's gonna happen. But um it's also one of those things where me, I realized how ignorant I still am, where I was proud of that. Like, I really looked at it. I was like, I literally sent that video to people and I was like, shout out to the Fat Five, man. I'm, I'm like, that, like, because I realized that growing up, we were taught the wrong way in order to deal with conflict. Like, we were taught to put hands on people. We were taught to hurt another person. Instead of being able to verbally exchange words, we got to fucking put our hands on you. And Jawan Howard is 6'9, 6'10, maybe 6'11, black guy doing what he was doing is going to look a certain kind of way so I feel like it set everything back for what he wanted to accomplish and it's sad because last year he had a fantastic year I think he had the number one recruiting class in the entire country um but I but it's also interesting because now Phil takes over for the for like the last five games of the season and Phil you know St. Joe's coach greatest coach in St. Joe's history probably the greatest coach in the Philadelphia the arm over Jack Dr. Jack hmm him over Dr. Jack? Probably. Realistically, because okay. time time frame matters. I agree. Time, yeah, time frame matters. You, you take a mid-major to number one overall. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like working, what what did you work with to get to where you were? You know yep. what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not saying it's hundred percent definite, but like he arguably is the best coach in Philadelphia college basketball history. You know, so and I don't count Villanova in Philadelphia. Well, that was gonna be what I was gonna ask you if we're counting that school on the main line, but okay. That's how I look at it. If you if it takes you more than 20 minutes to get to me, if there's an emergency, then you don't live near me. And nobody in Villanova is getting to me in 20 minutes. That's true. 
you know, so like, so I'm happy for Phil. I'm sad for Jawan. I'm happy he didn't get fired. I'm happy he didn't get suspended for the whole year. So here's my question about it. That I, I think was the way I looked at it. Is that not something where if you're a recruit, that's a guy you want to play for? No, because the current generation is not built like that. The current generation looks for fouls instead of playing through them. The current generation doesn't know how to deal with bullying. So instead of instead of dealing with instead of having conflict resolution, they try to cancel things. The current generation doesn't understand. Is that, that true of hoops the, recruits too? Huh? Is that true of basketball recruits too? I think that's I think that's true of people. Just collectively, so no matter how good you are, at a sport, I, I would want to play for a coach that wants to throw hands on my behalf. And you're ten years older than the recruits he's going after. Yeah, it's crazy if you think about it. Like I, I really, and it's sad. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I feel like today, I, I hope they they come out with the scrappiest class in like recruiting in the last decade. I hope they become VCU. Yeah, like we're pressing, we're turning the ball over, we're dunking on you, we're talking shit. What you gonna do about it? We're also gonna find the dirty. Like we're gonna give you elbows and get away with it. We're gonna we might just slap you sometimes, like Stockton slap, you know. So yeah, I think. But I I, yeah, like you said, I am also very very happy for Phil that he gets a shot, and I hope nothing but good things for them. But it sucks for Juwan because, like you said, like. Even in the latter days of his NBA career, he was really a glorified coach, probably. And Jalen Rose said he cried when he watched it. Really? I didn't see that. He did that. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I watched the Jalen Jacoby clip where he was straight up like, I watched that, and I, I would be lying if I didn't say I cried when I watched that. And it's just damn. like, damn. That hurts. Yeah, you know? So, I, it would be an amazing story if Jawana Howard comes back and they win the championship. That'll be an amazing story. That'd be dope. Is I don't think it's gonna happen. No, because they're having a disappointing season, and I think as a black guy, like what Jawan Howard did to me is not close to anything Rick Pitino ever did. And Rick Pitino has never not been able to coach. He coaches Iona right now because he's been outcast, but he's still coaching on D one team. Like, that's a thing, man. Like, and, and I, I actually fuck with Rick Pitino as a coach. I don't. The shit he did, but the shit that he did sexually to people, the shit that he did power the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, he fucked the Celtics, but that's really no what he did. So, I got to ask you this. Another world event that's happening besides Jawan Howard slapping grown men. Listen, man, the war is on Russia, Ukraine. It's not even Russia versus Ukraine because it's Russia then comma Ukraine because Russia out here just walling out. So I got to ask you this question. What will be the faster downfall? The USA versus the world or the USA versus the USA? Not what you think will happen, but if you had to look at it logically, what do you think will cause our downfall faster? So us versus the rest of the world versus us versus ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because you know we can't not put our nose in other people's business. I will always say us versus ourselves. But that's the way I think about everything. Because if you beat yourselves, then everyone else beating you is that much easier. But it's still from the core angle of you beating yourself. 
Mm. So even if we're beaten by the rest of the world, we're never going to be unified enough to where I would credit that as all of us against all of them. Okay. I'm still going to look at that as we probably beat each other too much to where it was too easy for someone else to beat us. Mm. So basically losing by default. Correct. We lost because we beat ourselves and allowed it to be easy to beat us. Like, like it's almost like a situation where like we, you know, let's look at it in basketball times. We got 12, 15 dudes on the roster. We had a scrap seven on seven in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You got three dudes on one side with a broken jaw. You got a couple other dudes that just can't play. Yeah, it's going to be way easier to beat us now in a game of five on five if we only have seven healthy. Okay. That's the way I kind of look at it. Um, but I think it, it all comes from the core of the lack of unity in the country. Um you know, as it pertains to the situation in Eastern Europe, um, I, I send my thoughts to everyone affected, both sides. I think there's, you know, I've been I've been trying to keep up on different efforts of of trying to provide correct information, and I think there's a lot of people with with good intentions that are trying to do good things, like, um, you know, with the the misinformation that can come from the state of Russia. Um, trying to even, I've, I've seen a new effort of giving five-star reviews on like Yelp to Russian establishments, but also like leaving in your comment, like here's what's actually going on in Ukraine mm. so that they can spread it. And I think, you know, that shows a lot of the, the human condition. And, you know, we talk a lot about the negativities of, of the human uh, interaction with one another at times. And I, I think that's a, a benefit of, that shows the beauty of technology when used the correct way. Um, I also empathize massively with the Russian citizens that don't stand for what's happening. I think they've been isolated in the court of public opinion where people are being lazy about saying, Hey, this is all of Russia and, you know, fuck all the Russians. So I want to give a shout out to and, and empathize with, with any, you know, Russian citizens. I, have nothing but praise for those that have displayed um, publicly their disfavor towards um, the actions and and putting what I truly would argue is their lives on the line, um, protesting in Moscow and and other major cities in Russia. I think that's worth worthy of a, of a lot of uh, respect. Um, to, to put that much at risk, you know, for, for the sake of what's good. Um, it's a wild time. I, I, I had read some reports that I hope were true that I think some, you know, I've read that some Russian soldiers seem to be slowly understanding more about what's going on versus what they had been instructed and intentionally. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I believe it either, but, puncturing their own tires but that feels like misinformation but i don't believe that shit at all i think um some of the people want to give i don't know how many soldiers you've ever met in general no matter what country they're yeah that ain't a thought process no i agree why am i doing this is i is a task and i need to make it go Mm -hmm. but the real fucking question is you getting drafted bro 
If no, I got care. asthma, bro. It's crazy. No. Shit's crazy out here with this asthma. I don't think I don't think Russia cares about asthma. I do. I'm not, I'm not a fighter that like that. I don't think most of the Russian fighters are either. But here we are. Well, that when, they when gotta the get past saw, the Klitschko's when, first. When, when the last time you saw a rushing boxing champion? See, up until like this past week, I thought the Klitschko's were Russian, but no, they're Ukrainian. I very much quickly realized and that, they, and they joined the fight, and so did so did Lomachenko, Usyk. Exactly. Literally minutes. all the best fighters from Eastern Europe. Yeah, you know how I knew it was like really real, which is like this is a fucked up, maybe sexist thing to say. When I read that the former Miss Ukraine was like, nah, let me get them armed. That brings me to my next point. <laughs> is war the new catfish? Are all these motherfuckers really ready to throw down into this fight? Or is drinks. it more like I'm setting you up, I'm hat fishing you, you don't know what's going on, so you buy in, do you realize I'm not gonna be here for that shit? I th- I believe the Klitschko's. I also, Loma. I also believe Loma. Everybody else, I believe Uzik as well. When they got not to the, not the president, Ukraine, what about the dog, president? What about the president? No. When I got to when it got to Miss Ukraine, and I saw the pictures, because like I was like, oh, that's fucking dope. Then I looked at the pictures, and she's like blowing kisses with like an M16. I'm like, mm. see, I didn't see that. I just read the headline. Yeah, this ain't I, I will, I will I say, say this ain't the president dropped a bar though. When 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 the Ukrainian president hit hit with that, uh, I, I don't know if it was the U.S. Or, or another country that basically offered some semblance of of escape for him. Um, and, and you know, I, I do think it's worth noting that he is an ancestor of Holocaust survivors and victims. Um, you know, for him to stand up in the face of, you know, the potential threat of losing both his life, his country, um, all the people that he represents, for him to drop the line of, I don't need, or I need ammunition, not a ride, is an all-time line that is, if I heard that, not that I ever intend to go to war against people because it's not the way I operate and not the way I think. That would be something that would give me that little bit more doubt, I think, um, to hear something to that effect where it's like, oh, I thought they were just going to roll over. Let me pat their belly and we'll move on and, and take over the land. But to hear I don't need a ride, I need ammunition is different. It's also a little different when said person is strapped up on both sides with one Klitschko brother on each arm, the, a current heavyweight champ, and the best boxer on the planet who just only knows how to fight and be creative with the fighting. Um, not to say that Vasily Lomachenko's boxing style matters in more, but you know, there's a mindset there. Um, that was a line that I hope is in textbooks one day. Um, I, I don't know whether you believe that everything that the president said was uh, particularly true um, or, or whether or not he's trying to just, you know, invigorate a nation and, and, and kind of reinforce some of that belief. Um, you know, it, I guess I could see it going either way, whether he's trying to convince himself in the nation that they're ready to fight um but well where would you fall would you say it's something where 
you believe it, it's empty words where he's trying to inspire a nation or do you think he's really about that action? Mm. It's hard for me to say because I, in my, per I'm just going my personal life. I've known some wild motherfuckers in this world, right? Until bullets fly. And they become the most docile motherfuckers in this world. Like, didn't sign up for this. Can't do it. I've also known some people who are like, whatever you into, I'm into. And you never would have guessed it. Bullets fly and they walking towards them. So I think that people have to realize that whether it be the Ukraine, Russia, America, wherever it may be, putting your hands on somebody is different than bullets flying. On the trigger. And I think most people don't understand that. So when the bullets are flying, that's when we really will know. I think mean, I think that's fair. You know, like I, I look at his situation specifically. It's like, you know, he's there with, with a vest and, and like fatigues and stuff, but it's also like you can see his button up. So you can see his button up polo and it's like, okay, you know, when it comes down to it, are you ready to be strapped? <laughs> but I, I mean, I still think even the line, the line alone is worth commendation to me because that's going to get people to fight for you. Like anyone that had a doubt, like if they even feel and want to believe for a second that you're with them, like that's going to help the cause, I think. I agree. I agree. Which leads me to my next point. Hit me. You never answered this question, so I'm bringing it back. Is war the new catfish? All these athletes, all these athletes and influencers who are picking up the mantle and saying, "I'm going to war," is just a new catfish. Um, right now, no. I just had a weird deja vu moment to like being back in Texas. I feel like I said something to this effect when we talked about this like a year ago. Um, deja vu all over again. Yeah. And I feel like you probably said that the last time I said something similar. Um, so I got to always say it. Shout out to the Yankees. But I need it to be more widespread to give that belief. When I think of Ukrainians and Russians, I don't really think frauds when it comes to combat. Um, if it was something as where it's like as individuals, the people that I, I know, America, of, I look at it as, as, as a country and then I look at it as individuals. Um, I guess any of the individuals that I think of, I'm like, okay. I, you know, maybe may, the only one that gives me doubt. And again, this might be a sexist thought. So I don't also want to go all in on this. Like the Miss Ukraine thing is, is odd, but like, so, okay. To me, I I'd, I'd feel like if, if the U.S. was got involved, and like Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt was like, "I'm ready to get strapped up," I'm like, "No, you're not." Mm, okay. But also, like, if Mark Wahlberg was like, "Yo, I'm ready to go kill some people that I don't like the look of," I'm like, "Yep, this dude, this dude probably will follow through on these actions." Question, if Mark Warburg says that and he opened his satchel and it's filled with bullets or rocks, which ones are you picking? Rocks. For him specifically. <laughs> rocks. 
saying. I know he has experience there. <laughs> <laughs> so I want I want to go into uh, something that we didn't talk about at all. I'm going to call this the bonus round of the podcast. I'm going to ask you some questions you got to answer. Rapid Which fire one? or, or rapid, rapid fire, but you got to give me the why after you answer. Already. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Would you rather be rich with crippling debt or make minimum wage with no debt for life? Um, can I invest? I can't answer these questions. I just gave you the question. I can't answer minimum the question wage. with a question. Minimum wage. Minimum wage for life. I hate owing people. Bigger pet peeve, misquoted movies or mistaken lyrics? Lyrics. Why? Because I'm not a cinephile. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't have a good memory of movies. I, I, I feel like I've I put more effort personally into learning the lyrics that I care to know. So when those are mistaken, once I've put the effort in, be, and I think part of it is because as someone that needs music more than I need movies because of the way it makes me feel, I put more emphasis on that. I think you're thinking about it macroly, though. So if you had the five movies that you watch and have watched multiple times, would that affect your answer? Nah. Okay. Sauce on the side or sauce on top? For all meals? All meals. Uh, I think this one is harder than it appears. I'm like running. I'm running through in my mind like what meals that would affect. I think that would affect a lot more meals than we think about because if you so like this pizza like that sauce counts. Pizza is integrated where I think like, okay. but like I pasta. think bar- I think barbecue isn't. I think pasta isn't. Wings. I think wings isn't. I'll take it on. On no matter what, I don't that's want you true. to put sauce on my Thanksgiving food. Let me do my own shit. Mm, that that's a tough one. I I can deal with that one day though. I eat those other things more often. But it ain't one day because it's so much food you gotta eat that for the rest of the week. I'll deal. <laughs> <laughs> Even with like the sides, yeah. I don't fuck with ketchup. Right I just want to eat it. Don't give me my fries with ketchup on them already. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll see them quicker. <laughs> I, I like ketchup though, so I'm chilling. See, I got acid reflux. I can't eat fries that fast. Yeah, I, I just deal with the repercussions. What do you think I'm doing now? So, this one is harder. I think this is la- This is the hardest one. I think comedian in a serious film or a serious actor in a comedic film. This one is like our question. I think this is our question. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I'm going comedic actor in serious film. Can you give me three comedic actors who have done great in a serious film in your personal opinion? Three actors, not three movies. We'll go Kev, Robin Absolutely. Williams. Robin Williams. Yep. Um... Comedic actor in a serious film. Uh, run through comedic actors and then trying to. It really doesn't help that I don't have a long. I think there's so movies. many, so many more the other way. 
but that's why I'd rather. So is the question, what are there more of? No, no. What or would what would you prefer? I, I get more enjoyment out of seeing someone that has been typecast as a comedian get to show that they're as great as we know they are. Okay. Um, like I feel like Rock probably has some, and I just can't think of them. Or Murphy. Mm-hmm. Murphy's got some. So we got K Hart. We got Robin Williams. Will Smith. Is he Will, yeah, yeah, I'll give Will. I'm giving but, I mean, he's never done stand-up, so I don't know if, how much that counts. Mm. But, like, Jim Carrey has, has done some more Jim Carrey has done some stand-up. Serious Chris, stuff. Chris Tucker has done stand-up, and he's also done serious stuff. Yep. Uh, that's a good question. Like, what's considered a comedian? Right. Is it someone that you think of for comedy movies? Like, Sam, like Owen Wilson's a guy that, like, I consider a comedic person. But like he's I done some serious shit. Actor, yeah. Right. So I guess it depends what your definition of that is. So the last one I have. Because like he, here's what I'll say. Like, what's what's a more easier transition? Stand comedian to a serious movie versus serious movie actor to stand-up comedy? Stand-up That's comedian. not a question. Stand-up comedian to a serious actor. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Right. I agree. I think it's I think but, so I, I, th- I think we're we're giving them a harder jump. So that's why I hate. Yeah picking a couple like i think there's a lot of comedic actors that have gone serious than the other way that where like i've been more excited to see that yep i think being a stand-up comedian is akin to doing almost anything yes i really firmly feel like that a different level of versatility so the last thing i have it's not an either or it's just a conversation how do you feel about this training day prequel that's coming out i can give you details on it if you want so I'm gonna disappoint you here. You've never seen Training Day. Yes, we're quite right. Have a good day. Um, I'm not even joking. I'm so disappointed right now that I have nothing else to say. What's the streaming on? What's the streaming on? Is it streaming right now? No, it's not streaming right. Oh, Training Day. Yeah, it used to be on HBO Max all of the time. So maybe it's let me take a look. It's on. Okay, it looks like it's on HBO Max. I promise you, by the end of the week, I will have watched that. Dude, it's it's something only Oscar Denzel has as a leading actor. That doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge his greatness in no no no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you acknowledge his greatness so much as you didn't see the one movie that the majority of people said was his best movie. That's what's debilitating. My chat. Like if I said, "Hey, how do you feel about Jordan?" But only on the Wizards, you would look at me like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, yeah, no, that's my lifetime. I I hear you. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> If I was like, hey, how do you feel about Iverson on the on the Pistons? Hey, he made that all-star game. Mm, he also cut his hair. That's questionable. But we're quite right where we don't watch Denzel Washington movies because we don't believe in black excellence. Have a good day. <laughs> Didn't we spend the entire last episode talking about Remember the Titans? Why are you bringing the bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Denzel. It's nothing but love. You know, no, I know, it's, I know. Not, it's not nothing but love. You didn't See, watch, you know, but I'm, I'm on two degrees to Denzel. You know, that's why I put it off. Training you know. Day came out in 2001. Yeah, it was you six. I wasn't 21 old enough to watch year, it. 21 years to watch Training Day. I had to wait for it to be old enough to drink. No, you didn't. I, I didn't have to. You're right. But I, I feel like it, 
It's worth saying. I've never been a movie person. I'm bad with movies, notoriously. I don't get. I didn't watch. I didn't actually watch Going with the Wind. This is that. training day. Which <laughs> has been on what? TV since you've been born. Yeah, Not but really born, but like since you've been. Coherent. But also, like even though it's been on TV, like I never watched movies on TV. I see you think then. I that's but that's what I'm saying. King so, Kong ain't got shit on me. Well, I also don't think I've ever watched King Kong in <laughs> and and the computer's getting closed. <laughs> what, what, what are we calling this episode? Let, let's wrap it up. Careful who you surround yourself with, obviously. God damn, that hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's it. Or or you get that stocks and stops from Jawan Howard. I, I I guess I deserve that. Stockton slaps and Denzel claps. I don't know. I don't know. Has this never come up? Like, I, I'm surprised that this wasn't like something that one you either expected it or it has two. come up, but you've had ample time since it's come up for you to watch Training Day. You never have. I had ample time my entire life to watch like The Godfather or Scarface or any Fuck other that. shit. Training Day is so fucking good. I'm not even. Like, I can't express to you how good training... Like, I own all of the Godfather movies. I own Scarface. I own Goodfellow. Training Day is different. because training. I will say it is extra bad that, like, the usual things that would turn me off to watching a movie aren't the case on this one. Where it's like... There are plenty of times where I was like, oh, I'd love to watch The Godfather. And I'm like, oh, it's three hours long? Nah. But like train day, like perfectly two hours. So I don't know. I'm gonna give you a quote from training day that most people will probably never quote. My chap. No, not that. You gotta hide that love deep inside you. You understand? Because love out here will get you killed. Hmm. Come on, man. Training day is full of life lessons. Yeah, you have the the Gregorius shit where it's just straight up like, yeah, you know, I want you to know, man, this shit is chess. It ain't checkers. Yeah, cool. Amazing. Dope as shit. Training day, like, I can't even articulate it enough because you you are old enough to realize where your wrongs are and you still haven't watched training day. And the fact that you chose, because it's the thing. You chose to not. This isn't. We're not like in China where you can't find it. You chose to not watch Trinidad. That, that, that makes it feel like I put more effort into not choosing it than it was just maybe gross negligence of just never getting to it or never thinking to. That's different. It, it, to protect was- to protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf, and it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Come on, man. All right. By this weekend, I will watch it. I promise oh, you that. Shit. And if Go I ahead. don't, if I don't text you by Friday night, eleven o'clock, because I got to give myself at least that evening. If shit hits the fan the rest of the way this week, if I do not text you by that point, I owe you fifty dollars. Nothing's free in this world, Jake. Not even arrest warrants.
But at least, you know, I, I do have love for Denzel because I shared with you my Facebook status from like 12 years ago when I watched He Got Game for the first time. So I got some culture. I was going to tell all of the listeners, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Training day. So I was hearing, it's what you hear, listen. And we are quite right. One of us is because one of us saw training day. <laughs> We'll both be quiet right next week then. Oh,